Hello, friends. It is the Thrive Leadership Podcast alongside the infamous CJ Alvarado. Hey, hey. It's good to be here. I'm, I'm Brad Lominick. It's good to be here. We, we've been on a hiatus. Uh, you and I have been, uh, we've been locked up in, in the caves and not able to record. So it's been a while since we, our last episode. <laughs> it has been. And we know a lot of people are going through a ton. We're, we're, we're currently at the time of this recording kind of coming out of the COVID restrictions. So it's a mad rush to figure out what the new normal's like. Open yeah. campuses up all around the country. So it's a crazy time for leaders right now, Brad. Well, some of us have been out of the pandemic for quite a while. I mean, you, you in California, California, though. Yeah. I mean, the rest of the country has uh, not gotten back to normal, but we, you know, we're definitely ahead of the old Californias out there on the, on the left coast. <laughs> That's very true. We're leaving you behind, mm -hmm. but it is, it is opening up. I mean, Bayside is doing in-person gatherings again. Yep. Right. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, the uh, Bamboo Creative Team, what are you guys doing? Are y'all uh, back in the office? We never stopped. And yeah, we've we've been getting coming back into the office a few days a week. But in terms of pace, all of our clients had to double down on digital. So we've just, it's been a sprint for the last year and a half. Right. Well, and you can work from anywhere. I mean, we can. A lot of your work doesn't require sitting in the same room necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's fine. I've been, I've been reading, have you been reading a lot of these articles about you know, remote work and hybrid work and flexible and fidgetal. And, you know, it, every, I think a lot of leaders are wrestling and navigating this question of, are we all going back to the office again? I just yeah. saw one today from business insider about Apple and, you know, Tim cook was pretty clear. Hey, we're going to come back three days a week. That's sort of their new standard. Yeah. And a lot of, I say a lot, I mean, in the grand scheme of, the number of Apple employees, but there was, I think hundreds maybe that were sort of like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do a mild protest here because we want to keep working from home. And yeah. this is a new reality. I mean, the employee is demanding the employer a whole new set of circumstances for where they want to work because they, everybody can now prove that, listen, I can stay home and get a lot more done. And I'm actually, I'm actually more productive. I'm, I'm happier. Um, you know, so it's just a, it's a whole new world, man. It's the wild, wild west in terms of trying to figure this stuff out. Oh, we could do a whole podcast on this. The employer employee compact has changed, right? This right. whole, you, the whole industrial aged kind of complex, that thing is changing, man. And now, you know, people can work from wherever, they're doing it already. A lot of talent is going, we're going to move where we want to move and work from there. And if it's not with Google, Facebook over here will let me do it. So it's a very interesting time in, in just like organizational leadership, man. Yeah. The words I keep hearing is flexibility of choice. Yep. Flexibility of choice. I, I want to I have a flexible work um, schedule and also just the choice of being able to navigate and, and create my own uh, experience. And not that I just am going to choose to not to, you know, to be lazy. The, the thing the thing that's so important nowadays, I think is whoever you hire, you better make sure they have self-discipline. You know, you better make sure they can actually like get mm -hmm. stuff done on their own. We, 
we we've moved past this mindset of of we've got to manage people yeah because they're in the office or i'm gonna stand over their shoulder you know that's that's still that's still from like the industrial revolution back exactly. in a hundred exactly. years ago when Ford, when Ford was, you know, creating assembly lines and everybody's got, they got to, you know, I got a thousand screws I got to put in place in this car yeah. in the assembly line in this hour. Yeah. So yeah, it, we're not cogs, you know, in a manufacturing line doing the same task every hour of the day. You know, we're doing a lot of knowledge work. I mean, you're doing a lot of knowledge. Most of our work is knowledge work, right? So yeah, that kind of work, it's not like you're doing the same exact thing all the time. So yeah, we should update some of those, uh, I don't know, some of the thinking around it. Yeah. Well, and listen, listen, leader, manager, CEO, boss, you think, again, a lot of us, and I'll, I have these tendencies. Oh, I think that everybody needs to be in the office so I can, so we can build culture. Well, listen, that. That cheesy, uh, you know, that cheesy motivational staff meeting you just had. I, I'm I'm happy to sit in my house and be on Zoom and listen to you rant or listen to your motivational speech, and then you walk out and feel like, oh, we just built culture. No, you didn't. We can, you know. So I, I, we have to think about the employee, the employee, you know, the the staff person who is navigating all these different things in their life and. They're saying, hey, I, I like being a part of this team, but please let me decide when and how I can best get the work done that I'm being asked to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's anyway, it. Mo- there, there's, there's so much still to get figured out on this, uh, but it's, it's very interesting the way we're going to navigate it. Yeah, I know. I know. I think it'll be a, a good hybrid, you know, of both worlds, just like, like you said, the fidgetal thing. You know, we're shopping at Amazon and going to Target, right? The local Target. Yeah. I think it'll be something similar. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, nobody said, listen, um, Amazon's only going to, only going to, you know, only going to be available three days a week and Target's only going to be open three days a week. And the rest of the time you're going to have to go online to, to shop at Target or, right. to, you know, like that, that's, that, that doesn't make any sense. You know, no. so we've we've created a whole new lifestyle, and the the workplace is going to have to uh, have to follow suit. Yeah, and there are some some industries specifically. So, like the creative industry, and I'll I'll wrap at least my rant with this: like the creative industries are moving toward creator economies, mm-hmm. right? Like, so these guys are moving to farmhouses wherever they want. And they're working with the best of the best from where they want to work. It's going to be really difficult to try to fight against a macro trend that's happening around the world. Some of the best talent from Apple, Adobe, Google, like wherever it is, they're, they're doing things from where they want to do it. The work's right. better. I mean, these guys are enjoying their lives more. The work's, you know, just as, as, as good and competitive. So it's going to be really difficult if you're looking for the best creative talent to have them fly into Turlock, California and work for you for $50,000 a year when they can work right. from wherever they want doing a number of projects for maybe 80 to a hundred. Right. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, they're on the farm in, in Wyoming. Yeah. And they uh, are, I mean, all, you and all I they need is, them. all they need is, yeah. All they, all they need is a good Wi-Fi connection and here we go. Yes, sir. 
right? Yes, sir. And and you're right. Like they're they're not like that 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 uh, that ship has sailed in terms of trying to get them to move to this place where your office is. Yep. Uh, that they're going to now live because they're going to work from there. I mean, yep. we have we have seen the other side of this story, and it's way better living in you know the remote on the remote ranch out in the middle of the the natural forest in in Wyoming. Oh yeah. Well, wherever that is. You're seeing everything from Instagram to Spotify to a bunch of new startups that have collected billions of dollars in investment are creating new tools and services for this to happen, right? Like they're going to make it easier for creators to do the books and finances and all this other stuff. So all of the industry is providing tools and resources for this to actually take root. Uh, so it's going to be really difficult for us to, to fight against that trend. Yeah. Well, interesting conversation. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know if we gave anybody any answers, but it, <laughs> the, the trend just, is there. The trend we're is giving there. them signals. We're, 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 we're hinting yes. at the signals and that's valuable. That's, a, that's exactly right. Well, uh, listen, you're going to love this, uh, this conversation on this episode. From our good friend, Andrew McCourt, mm -hmm. roving reporter, Andrew McCourt, on behalf of Thrive, <laughs> out there, out there drumming, up the, drumming up the stories. Uh, he's, he sat down with Michael Jr. And everybody, everybody when, think, when, people, when we all think of Michael Jr., we, just, we start smiling because he makes us laugh, right? Michael's hilarious. Yeah. But he, there's so much more to Michael Jr. He's, a, he's an actor. He's an author. He's, he's got all kinds of stuff cooking up. Yeah. He's a podcaster. Uh, his, he's got a great podcast. So yeah, he, uh, he sat down with Andrew McCourt recently and he's been at Thrive several times. And like I said, he's got a lot of other things going besides his comedy. So let's listen in on their conversation and then we'll come back after that and uh, have a few more thoughts before we wrap up. So here you go. Andrew McCourt sitting down with Michael Jr. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me in a conversation with Michael Jr. Yes. Great to see you, Michael. Now, I got to say this here. Michael is many things, okay? Uh, he is a husband. He's a dad. He is a speaker. Now, listen to this. He is a comedic thought leader. A wow. comedic that is deep, everybody. That is dope. It's deep, but not too deep. Okay, come on. Just explain this, because, Michael, first of all, great to have you here. Yeah. Great to have you here. We Thanks. love you. You're a friend of Thrive. Uh, you're a voice in America on so many different Thanks, levels. Man. So just unpack that just for a second, this comedic thought leader, because uh, yeah. it sounds so intriguing. So, um... Are we going to do it with the accent the whole time? I, I stay in character the whole time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm like Daniel Day-Lewis. I just like practice oh. the whole thing and I just stay in. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> before you would just sound like you was from Alabama before the cameras came <laughs> Um, So uh, someone said that phrase about me, comedic thought leader. And I was like, wow, because, and it did fit because I, I really, really like making people laugh. I also like making them think a little more because when people laugh, their heart is open. If the heart is open, I want to make a deposit that can make a good change. So, yeah. So I like the phrase comedic thought leader. It's kind of cool, man. It's, yeah. It's sticky for yeah. me anyway. I don't know. That's good. So, Michael, you you are funny. Uh, it's just bottom <laughs> oh, line. Thanks, you, no, no, you are funny. Uh, my my kid, he did a comedy class at college, and 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 I don't know how, but he'd never heard of you. I said, you need to come and hear this guy. He is really funny. When was the first time you told a joke? 
And people started laughing and you thought, I'm good at this. Yeah, so I, I think I thought knew I was funny when I was nine years old. Okay. I grew up in a household where when grown people are talking, kids aren't. Okay. So I knew, and we we went over some uh, some friends' house, some friends of my uncle. Yeah. And it was my dad, my uncle, and then me. And I'm nine years old, and we go into their house, and their house is filthy. I'm talking about <laughs> filthy. And we grew up in Michigan. Okay. So we went over there in the wintertime, and their house is, I mean, there's clothes all over. They got four bathrooms or three of the toilets don't even work, but they were You were wearing masks before anybody else. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was really bad, and they had roaches and all of this stuff, man. <laughs> and I'm nine years old, and I can't say anything, but I'm feeling it. So when we get back in the car, I said to my dad, I had a thought. I was like, if I say this, I wonder if they'll laugh. But I had to put it in the form of a question. I said, uh, and we're, you know, we're in Michigan and it's January. And I said, um, hey, dad, I didn't know you could have flies in January. <laughs> and him and my uncle <laughs> cracked up laughing. Because flies not supposed to exist in January. It's too yeah. cold. So at that moment, I was thinking, man, you know what? This is interesting. And then I would have thoughts yeah. about things that could be funny but I would always be strategic. Even in class, I was never the class clown. Yeah. Because uh, my dad had this thing that also held up his pants. So I didn't want to have to deal with that. So I would only <laughs> say things in class that was funny enough mm -hmm. to make the teacher laugh. Because a laughing That's teacher- smart. A laughing teacher doesn't send you to the, um, to the principal's office. Yeah. So yeah. That's good. So <clears throat> laughing, let's talk about the theology of humor. Okay, mm, yeah. you know, let's think, because I, 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 I do think Jesus probably was incredible fun yeah, to be around. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure if he had a routine, right. but I'm sure he was like, for me, you know, Michael, when I watch you doing, let's just call it your thing, when I, when I see you being a comedic thought leader, okay? Oh, thanks, he, no, listen to me, I, it's like that guy is doing what God made him to do. It's, like a, it's like a gift, humor's absolutely. like a gift. It is, man. I get a sense of, um, I just get it in a significant way. And I wasn't necessarily, a lot of it is just natural, but there is a lot of work that has to go into it as well. And some of it even came from a handicap. When I was a kid, I used to struggle with my reading. Okay. And because I couldn't read as quickly as the rest of the kids, I, my mind would scramble to try to figure out what words were, what they meant. I would yeah. look at the font size, the color, the positioning, what's in front of what's behind it. I came up with all these ways to look at a word, and now um, I read just fine. But mm -hmm. I still have this ability to look at words and now people and situations almost seven different ways immediately. Yeah. And it's the primary place that I pull my comedy from. Mm -hmm. So there's a timing aspect, but then there's also the noticing, the being aware of what's going on, and then even noticing the stuff that nobody else necessarily notices. That's the best. In fact, today I was thinking, anyway, tonight, well, I mean, when, when I speak at, at Thrive, I got some brand new, wow. straight out the box stuff that I just wrote probably this week. We're gonna see what happens. So it's that sort of situational stuff. You just observe it, yes. watch it. It's I'm excited cool. because this pandemic is now finally, looks like it's coming to an end. And I haven't been on stage. And as for a comedian, you have to get on stage to hone the material. Mm. Like like when a pastor gets on stage, you work it, you work it out. Yeah. At home, you study, then you present it. Then once it's presented, you're done. Yeah. Well, and that works fine if you're a singer or a pastor because it's not really reaction-based. Yeah. 
Meaning people can listen to a singer and be like, oh, that was so good. And the person right next to him could be like, that was horrible. Uh-huh. Because it's it's subject to whoever, to the to the receiver. Yeah. Comedy is not. Mm. Comedy is straight truth. Mm-hmm. If you're funny, they're going to laugh. Even if they don't want to, they're going to laugh. But yeah. if you're not funny, they're not going to laugh collectively. Yeah. And you'll know immediately if it was impactful. So I'm excited about getting back on stage just because I have a lot of new comedy. I'm ready to do it. But let's see how it goes. Uh, yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> I'll be laughing. Don't worry. I'm excited. Um, talk about, so are you funny all the time? Come on, let's just be. You wake up in the morning just yeah, like one. just cracking jokes. Just disciplining my kids <laughs> at the same time cracking jokes. No, no, not at all. I'm actually really quite reserved. Okay. Now, I'm always doing the math on what's funny. I'm constantly seeing the funny. But what I'll do is I'll just pull out my phone. I'll open up Trello, and I'll make a note in there. Wow. And not even do anything with the note until it's time to sit down and do something with the notes. Then at that point, so I actually have a scheduled time where I'll do that, I'll develop it, and then, but at the same time, what people don't understand is all comedy is doing, this is literally what it's doing. Comedy is A, B, three. Mm. That's really what comedy is. You thought I was going to say C, but I didn't. Then I said three, and you was like, you know what? That kind of fits. Mm. And then you don't even get caught up on it. So that's all comedy is, A, B, three. You were thinking A, B, C, but I changed your perspective a little bit. And when you saw it from this new perspective, it gave you a revelation. And you were like, oh, what a beautiful thing that God is showing me is that same template that I'm using for comedy can be used in other areas as well and have an equal impact on people. And really? that is where the phrase comedic thought leader is really That's coming from. So last week, um, I was preaching on the parable of the sower. Mark chapter 4, it's the first parable that he introduces from Jesus. Mm-hmm. A third of Jesus's um, teaching was mm-hmm. three parables. Just the, is it Jesus's? Je- oh, sorry, Jesus. Yeah, how do Jesus's. you... Jesus's. No, I'm just curious. How Come do on, you, the plural. How do you possessive plural Jesus's? Jesus. I don't know if you can... I don't know. I've never what would done you it. say? I'm actually, I would the say, possessive um, Jesus would, of the parables? I would say, um, Jesus is is. That's what I would say. Jesus saying. is is. <laughs> the parables of Jesus. Yes. You see what it did there? Oh, you flipped okay, it. Okay, I flipped it around, okay? What I did there was A, B, three. You did. Okay. You actually, you went one, B, C. Oh, you're you good. you flipped it completely. You're good. So the, par- mark, the right. parables of Jesus. But but one guy said this, a better word for Jesus than teacher was a parabolist. Like he was the one that took parables mm. and like literally like took people on this journey and they were like freaking out. Like you know, the uh, the farmer that loses sheep one in a hundred, the the uh, the woman that loses oh, a coin yeah. one in ten, and then the mothers are freaking out because then he goes, there was two sons, and they're going, oh, one of them is going to get lost. So you oh. you you uh, for me, there's something again when when I want to bring you back to this because I think it's so powerful. This comedic thought leader, it's just not you're saying, oh, this is funny for the sake of it being funny. You're taking people on a journey. To I this really thing. really want to take them on a journey. In fact, um, Rick Warren. Uh, gave me a book. Actually, he didn't give me a book. He told me to get it. I was like, dude, why don't you buy it for me? Why gotta... <laughs> it was called The Humor of the Christ. And wow. if you ever get a chance to read the book, oh my goodness. Don't. Jesus is his humor. If you get a chance to read it, don't. It was miserable. <laughs> right. It was a hard read just because it was in the old English. It was, right, well, okay. you probably wouldn't enjoy it. But anyway, I didn't. <laughs> so I read this book and it really showed how most likely Jesus was probably using humor when he spoke. So I yeah. went back and I read some yeah. of the verses and I'm looking at it and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because for example, when Jesus, when the rich 
guy came and said, hey, what do I got to do? Yeah, yeah. And then Jesus says, sell all of your stuff and then come follow me. And yeah. he didn't. And then him and all his disciples are sitting around mm. and he says, it's easier for a camel to go through a, a, the eye of a needle. There's no way that's not funny. Yeah, yeah. There's no way that's not funny. But when we read it, we don't laugh because we know the end of the story. Yes. And we're assuming he must have been all somber. But in that moment, I'm quite sure they had to laugh. They were going. Because that's, think about it. It's a powerful moment. This guy wants to follow Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's all into it. He's like, what do I got to do? And then he decides to leave. That's a sad moment. And then Jesus says, Brilliant. three. He th- yeah. You had A, you had B, and then that was three in that moment for wow. sure. John the Baptist brought out his phone and thought, I'm not going to use that. <laughs> he said, you know what? I'm going to write this later on. This is hilarious. hilarious. That Jesus guy just brought John the Baptist was like, this is going to take the head off. This is going to be awesome. I like this a lot. So that was good. That was good. I like what you did there. Okay. So, uh, humor. I mean, I, I, I come from Ireland. Our problem is that we, we try to laugh too much off. Mm. It's 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 deflection. We use it with deflection. We yeah. and, and that's not good. Twenty twenty, eh? It hasn't been a good year. Yeah, the thing about deflection too, man, is a lot of people use comedy. I did this when I first started. I would use it as a chicken exit. What I mean is, as soon as something gets real, I used to. And this when I first mm. started out, I would crack a joke to not deal with the real. You got Irish blood in there somewhere. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm think Slave Masters just probably came over. And just, <laughs> was that but, awkward? Or, anyway. or, or, or a Guinness. It's one yes, one of the two. <laughs> one of the two. So I'm sitting there and uh, I, I realize that there's a, there's, I'm, I'm laughing, like we're having about to have a moment and then I crack a joke. And then through a bunch of study and trying to understand myself better, I realized that's a chicken exit. And as soon as I called it chicken exit, I didn't want to do it anymore. Is that original? Did you come up with that no, term? No, this, this guy named Brian Clemmer okay. said it originally. It was brilliant. And it's that's great. exactly what it was. Because everyone has some sort of chicken exit where they do something when things get either weird or maybe you need to tell somebody you love them and you don't know what to do. In fact, when, when most men, when they say to somebody else that they love them, when they say it to two guys, they always put something on the other end of love. Have you noticed that? Hmm. They'll say something like, I love you, man. Or I love you, dude, because there's it's more power when you just end with I love you. Mm-hmm. There's some power right there. But most of the time we take the chicken exit, add an- another word, and, and then remove the power, putting more verbiage in between the love that we're trying to express. I don't even know how we got there. That is good. Chicken exit. That's I, I hope my wife's not watching this because she's going to go yeah. chicken exit right there. Right. Because you're up there, I love you, honey bumpkins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honey, bumpkins. Just sit yeah. on, I love you. But also, when, I, when sometimes it gets real, I'll do like a joke and look stupid, and she's going to chicken exit, you know? You know, one thing I do, man, is I always purposely try to think about what I'm thinking about. Mm. Like, whenever I... Because because here's what... I'm doing a bunch of digging into this stuff, because here's what happens, man. For example... So, um... So right now, mm-hmm. I just flipped the phone around. Mm-hmm. And when I flipped the phone, you had to... First, you saw it, then you had to attach a meaning to it. Mm-hmm. And then after you attach a meaning to it, depending on what's going on, an emotion will show up. Mm-hmm. And after the emotion, a response, right? Yeah. A behavior or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Most people see something, they attach a meaning to it. This girl, okay, she looked at me. She doesn't like me. They attach this meaning to it. And then they, the emotion is, well, she don't like me. I don't like her. And that's, that's the action. Mm-hmm. Very few people stop and check in between seeing something and attaching a meaning to it. 
Very few people stop there and say, wait a minute, am I attaching the right meaning to this thing? Mm -hmm. Because the truth is, is I could have some sort of nervous tick where I do this all the time. Yeah. But the meaning you attached to it or somebody else attached to it was he's angry mm. or he's upset. But they never questioned why did that actually, they never questioned why they were thinking that way. Yeah. Which for me as, as somebody who does comedy, I get to come in there and pull that apart and then write a story around it and then bring laughter to people as a result of it. Because I'm constantly thinking what I'm thinking about and I'm also trying to anticipate what the audience yeah, is thinking yeah. about. Well, so, obviously, you know, a compliment to you. There's high intellect involved in comedy. You're, you're, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, you really are. You know, but there's so many layers that you're working with. But, but also there's incredible psychology. Because mm. for me, the, 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 the person with the comedic ability, they, they set the emotional, often they set the emotional temperature in a room. Yes. That's, That's genius. So it's so true. And then my wife will go there and turn it down because she likes it cold in the room. So it's the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. 66 degrees at night? That's how we roll in my house. Wow. Apparently you sleep better when it's cool. Yeah, it that's is true. That's what she told me? Yeah. I'm like, I, I'm just putting more blankets on. I don't know what you're going through right now. <laughs> I'm going to put more blankets on. So it's pretty dope. Yeah. So uh, tell me, 2020, uh, I mean... It sounds crazy to talk about this. What about your year? Mm -hmm. uh, is, is there any laughter in 2020 with everything well, that we've been yeah. through? Well, here's what I found out. Uh, apparently, I'm not essential. <laughs> found that out. <laughs> I didn't even know it until that happened. I wasn't essential. So I think 2020, man, really, I love people. Like, I love, love, love people. And uh, there's a story that I'll talk about tonight, and it's yeah. also in a book, where I talk about... Um, the fun, how much fun it is to help people. Yeah. And right now, even through the, the pandemic, a lot of people are seeing the hurt and the pain, and then they're just taking it on themselves and saying, man, I'm hurting too. Then they're perpetuating all the hurt and the pain. Not that it's not real, but instead, if you could look at it and recognize, wow, this is a great opportunity to help even more people. Mm -hmm. Meaning it's a phenomenal opportunity to help people. Yeah. Like, it's easier now. Before you'd have to really kind of dig in to see if somebody was hurting. But you can tell, like, most people are hurting. Yeah. So now it's a matter of being sensitive and saying, okay, how how can I give to somebody else? Mm -hmm. What's the thing that I can do? Even if it's like a drive-by prayer or a sniper prayer, like, you can see the hurt yeah. on people all the time. So I, I'm, I, I was excited about 2020. In fact, being home was the best. Seriously. So we were already preparing uh, me and my team were already preparing. Six months before the pandemic happened, we were preparing to do digital comedy shows. We came up with this thing called a digital comedy show where it's me in front of a camera and I personalized the comedy show because I get so many requests to come do events. We personalized it and then we, we edited it together with the same things from the big stage and the people were loving it. Then the pandemic hit, and we happened to have this already set. Mm. So I got to stay home and be with my family and then just really try to be there for other people who weren't prepared for what was going on. Yeah. What did you learn in this season? I learned that um, there's a bunch of different ways to bring joy and happiness to people other than just standing on stage. So in the midst of that is when I, I wrote the book. I started thinking, I started doing more videos. I released... Yeah, the book. book. Come on, yes. wait, wait, let's pause here. Let's yeah. what shows the book, the name, the, the title, book everything. It's called Funny for a Reason. No, I'm sorry, that's my first CD. <laughs> the book is actually it's called <laughs> Funny How Life Works. It's it's about life, and it's a it's about my life 
And it's funny how life works. So one of the examples is I share stories from my life. In fact, one of the stories happened here at Bayside. Wow. Dude, there's a story in here, chapter 25. I don't, I don't know if you know about this or not, but last time I was here, man, so whenever I do comedy, I'm all, while people are laughing, I'm listening in between the gaps. And mm. the question I'm asking is, God, what do you want me to give my audience? Mm. What do you want me to give to this audience? I used to ask, how can I get laughs? Yeah. But I changed it to, what can I give to this audience? Which changed everything. So what'll happen is in the middle of some jokes, I'll say something that I feel like I'm supposed to say. And I think when I was here, I said something along the lines of, there's probably some people out there right now who you have to make a real difficult move. And you, I'm telling you, you have the power. God is with you. You can absolutely do this. Life will be better on the other side of this. You got it. And then I'll jump into another joke. Well, afterwards, security, I did an autograph line thing, and then security came looking for me, knocking on the green room door. And he's like, hey, there's this guy out here. He wants to talk to you. I'm like, who? Oh, okay, but cool. And I walk outside. It's this, this white dude. It's an Eminem looking dude. Got on like a wife beater. He all tatted up. And he looked like he was high. But he wasn't high. As I got closer to him, I could tell he wasn't high. He had been crying, which isn't abnormal at one of my events yeah. where people cry. Mm-hmm. Sometimes from laughter, but sometimes just because we'll go deep. like, yeah. And then jump back up with laughter, and your body is going through all these emotions. So he said, he says to me, he said, man, listen. And security was right there, so we, he steps to the side a little bit. And I step with him. I'm like, all right, cool. He said, hey, man, I just came here to get away from everything. So much pressure, man. I just came here to laugh and get away with so much pressure. I was like, oh, okay. Cool, man. It's a lot of pressure in the world. It's great. And then he says, uh, and then he tells me that he's a fugitive in several different states. Wow. And he moved here to hide out from the police. He came to the comedy show to get away from it all. And he said, man, when you said what you said, man, I know what I got to do. And he asked me, he said, could you do me, could you, could you help me? Could you call the police, man? I want to turn myself in. That happened right doggone here. Wow. We called some of the security were police officers as well. They brought a car around. That dude gets in the back of the car and pulls off like the end of the movie, looking at me, waving. Dude, and it's because I was listening in between the gaps. If I was only doing jokes, mm. if I was just making people laugh instead of saying, okay, what can I really give in this moment? What am I supposed to say? And then listening to God and just saying the thing. That that was one of that was a powerful moment. But there's there's probably 24 additional moments like that that we wrote in this book, and we add application to it so people can apply it to their own life, man. So I'm super excited. It's great. But yeah, I don't think I ever even told. I don't know if I. I don't think I told Ray about that even. I think he was gone when that happened, and I got on a plane. And, so I'm gonna share that story tonight. I'm gonna share that story on Dying. stage. So in case there's any more fugitives. That is crazy. Right? Yeah, it could be a fugitive. I mean, in, in case you want to admit something <laughs> right now. If you want to. <laughs> well, neither did you bring this How'd you come to the States all of a sudden? <laughs> Whatever. I mean, yeah, that, that border. Anyway, uh, if you're, you know, look, sort of looking to the camera, well, literally or metaphorically, uh, what would you want to say, like, to Christians at this moment in time? Because, uh, oh, okay, I, I've been in America six years, and and... Last year was like America forgot to take its meds. I mean, mm. it was just a little crazy yeah. on so many different fronts. And I'm going, I, I, you know, this what what's going on? What would you want to say to people that were that have gone more left, more right, right. or whatever? You, you know what I'm saying? That are not the best version of themselves at this moment. Yeah, in time. I would say. So yesterday I did an event for uh, the police in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was 
several different counties. We did three different shows. And um, I talked to him about, I asked him, before they put on their uniform, what question are you asking yourself? Because everyone has a question that they're asking subconsciously. And maybe when you put on a uniform, you put the gun on, maybe the question you're asking is, um, how can I get the bad guys? Mm -hmm. Well, if you ask, how can I get the bad guys? All you're going to do is look for bad guys. Mm -hmm. And and the brain wants to answer any question, even if it's not right. So if I said to you, what does a purple tiger look like? Mm -hmm. Your brain just showed you what a purple tiger looks like. So if you ask your question, how can I find the bad guys? You're going to find some bad guy, even if there's not a bad person there. Mm -hmm. Your brain will be like, well, you look kind of bad. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a little bad. And then you'll suddenly, so I said, maybe you should consider asking a different question. And maybe the question should be something like, how can I make my community even better? Mm. So I told him, I challenged him. I said, ask that question 10 times before you put your uniform on. Because when you ask that question, the way to make it better could be to get the bad guys, but you could also probably notice little Malik who is frustrated because his the chain on his bike keeps popping. Mm -hmm. And now you put a toolbox in the back of your squad car. Mm. So then you stop and fix his handlebars and his chain, and you literally just made your community better. So what I would say to everybody watching right now is what question are you asking in the midst of this? Are you asking, uh, how can I be safe or what can I do here? Like, if you're asking a question about getting, you're asking the wrong question. But if you ask the question about giving, your brain, your, your mind, the Holy Spirit is going to show you opportunities mm -hmm. to give. So you got to be aware of what question you're asking yourself because you're going to find some sort of answer, even if it's not the right answer. That's what you got to do. Change your question. You change your life. Fabulous. Um, another question. Um, how have you been this year emotionally? I mean, it's been an emotional mm -hmm. year on so many different levels. How, how have you managed all of that? You know what's weird, man? I feel amazingly great emotionally because, again, I just, I really, 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 really love serving people. And there's a bunch of people out there to serve. And I'm not just talking about as a as me getting up on stage and make people laugh. I'm talking about just in general, just noticing my neighbors going up. We had one neighbor whose fence had to be repaired or, or and they were elderly and they just lost a daughter and it was weird and she lived with them. So we went over there as, as and I talked to some of the other neighbors who I hadn't even met before mm. and we decided to fix their fence. Beautiful. Like that stuff right there, I'm telling, there's a story in the book where I talk about a police coming into my apartment mm -hmm. and um, the short of it is, they came to my apartment wrongfully, and one of them, one of the officers put a gun to my head, and he pulled the hammer back. In the last year? No, no, no. Oh, no, previous, I was, this was when I was 19 years okay, old. Okay, yeah. So he pulls the hammer back, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was horrifying. Uh, and then shortly after that, while I'm on the, on the floor crying, the police officers are leaving my apartment because they realized I had nothing to do with the stuff. I'm on the floor uh, crying, just mad, just, just angry and hurt. There's a knock at the door, a really aggressive knock at the door. And it's a it's a, a Mexican lady whose apartment had got raided and they took her, her boyfriend away. And the reason they came to my apartment because they thought I might have had something to do with that. But I didn't. I was working 16 hours a day at a job. So they come in there and they're doing all of this extra stuff. And it's, But this lady comes in and she's crying. She's in tears. And she's like, they took everything. They took, and she's speaking broken English. I could barely understand her. And if, if I back up a little bit, when the officers put the gun on my head, uh, they had me, I didn't have my ID on me. They said, where's your ID? I'm like, I'm in my apartment, I gotta show my ID for it. So my ID was over the stove in my wallet. And the officer said, well, go get it. 
First of all, there's 15 officers in my apartment. Why would you have me get it? Mm-hmm. Why can't I just sit on the floor? Why do you want me to reach for something? Mm-hmm. So I reach up there for the wallet, and that's when he put the gun in my head and all that stuff, right? But when the lady comes in and she's crying and she's all upset and she's like, they took everything. She got two kids with her. She's crying. She doesn't know what to do. I reach for that same wallet, the very same wallet that they use to try to potentially mm-hmm. take my life, and I have $14 and some change, and I handed it to this lady. And she gave me this hug, and she walked out the door with her kids, and I never saw her again. But what really happened was, in that moment when I was hurt, when I was, when I was afraid, when I was angry, she showed up, and I gave her $14, but she gave me a gift that was amazing because they said to me, or that one particular, all the other officers, I'm not going to... I'm not Mm -hmm. tripping. I ain't even tripping off him anymore. But they said to me, nobody needs you. She came in directly after and said, somebody needs you. I need you. So right now, while all these people are, while all of this hurt and this pain is going on, if people could just say, okay, I know I'm hurting, I know I'm afraid, but just turn, just put your neck on a swivel just a little bit and look around because there's somebody next to you who's hurting as well. And if you could take the time out to help them in doing so, you yourself will absolutely be better as well. Fantastic. Last question. Mm -hmm. As a comedic thought leader, how how would you help people right now? How would you lead them? And what is the big thought that you would say? If you could focus on one thing, Mm -hmm. just as we're, it's not normal yet, but as we approach normal, what what would be the one thing you would say? I would encourage you to do this one thing. I would say laugh. Come on. Really, I would say just, just, I mean, you can go to, YouTube, you can look up Michael Green if you want. It's because it's clean. You also got Brian Regan out there who's hysterical. I would say laugh like real, real hard. Just do everything you can to laugh and then um, and just focus on the good. Because a, a lot of times the reason people fall into depression is because they're playing a videotape over and over again mm. of something negative that has happened or something negative that could happen. Laugh, focus on some laughter, and then focus on what's good, because there is good. I don't mm-hmm. care what's going on, there's some good. So if you could just focus on that immediately, because you they, they can't occupy the same space. Like the, the fear and laughter can't occupy the same space. So as soon as you laugh, immediately the depression goes away. Mm. The only reason it jumps back on you is because you start playing that tape again. Mm-hmm. You gotta stop playing that tape and say, okay, what can I focus on? And actually take time out and say, listen, I'm a, today I'm going to take 10 minutes and all I'm gonna do is focus on what's good and just write down all those good things Yeah. and just fo- focus on those. Oh yeah, when I went to the library with my cousin, that was fun. And just play that, <laughs> just start playing that in your head. And I'm telling you, it'll change the game in a significant way. Great. Here, everybody, thank you for joining us. My, a conversation with Michael Jr. And you gotta get to Amazon. Get to book, yes, it's yeah. Amazon. It's all over the place. In fact, if you want, um, you can go to uh, michaeljr.com slash chapter, and I'll give you a free chap- free first chapter. There you go. michaeljr.com slash chapter. Or just buy the book. The proceeds are going to a black family in America. So. <laughs> Michael, you are awesome, a good dude. man. And You're awesome, man. Bless you. Share this with people, and because uh, awesome. they need this, okay? That was great. Michael's hilarious. You You mentioned in the beginning of the the show, the depth of this guy. He's like, he's, he's very much like a triple threat. You know, he, he's, yeah. he does a bunch of different things, man. I, I love this guy. The question is, is does anybody know his last name? I just assume it was junior. <laughs> it was junior. It's not, it's I not know. Michael. It's, it's not junior. It's not, it's about, <laughs> Michael junior is like, 
So we're 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 going to get our crack our crack uh, research team. Man, working working on this question of what is Michael Jr.'s last name? No, you can't. I don't think you can even find it. I think he's like, I think he's banned the internet from uh, from even knowing what what I his mean, last name is. Can you be Junior to the word Michael? <laughs> <laughs> Are you the heir to the to the name Michael? Right. That's, yeah, he is. Man, he, he owns. He owns. Like it's like he owns the word the name Michael. You know, yeah. Michael, Michael exudes this presence, you know, if you've, you've met him in person, you know, we both yeah. have, and oh, yeah. he just, he just has this presence about him. So, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go with him on this and go, you are the junior of the entire name. There's the, the top level domain, Michael, you're the junior of that. He is, he's the, he's the owner of that, of that uh, category <laughs> of name across the world. So uh, love well it. done, man. Well done in the branding category, Michael. That's Jr. right. Yeah. Well, you can find him, uh, you know, online. Check out the new book he's got out. Uh, it's it's a good read. Listen to his podcast. I, I've been listening to his podcast. It's good stuff. And um, you know, stay up with what he's doing because he's, like we said, he's he's a funny guy, but he's also got a lot of depth and he's helping a lot of people these days with with his work. Love it. Yeah, and if you're looking for more podcasts, things to listen to, uh, we've got a great slew of of podcasts in the under the thrive conference slew. how do you spell like slew that? by the way <laughs> s-l-e-u l-e-w uh but the Thri- the thrive women's podcast yes. led by our very own angie waisaki is crushing just amazing yeah. content there check that out pass that around to to some of your leaders and then the ray johnson leadership podcast is also available wherever you listen to podcasts so uh subscribe rate review we'd love it do all those things you're supposed to do. And uh, here's the deal, leaders. Like, we're working on some on some stuff here. So basically the first week of October, mm-hmm. go ahead and put a big old block on that, on that week on your schedule and just put Thrive, just put Thrive Leadership. And uh, we're going to give you more insight and info on that soon. But uh, you're going to be able to register. It's going to be another blowout party free online blowout party. We might, we might even just call it that the free online blowout party. (laughs) There you go. The free online leadership blowout party. (laughs) All your favorite voices, uh, your favorite uh, authors. I mean, we, we have, we're backing up a dump truck and uh, we're going to bring you everybody that's out there, you know, interviews, Right. Insights, features. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good. So the website will be up soon. You'll be able to register for free and uh, we'll we'll get that up and let you know about that link. Just put it on your calendar. October, October 4th or the 8th. The mm-hmm. Thrive Leadership Blowout Online Free Party. That's amazing. <laughs> How many names can we come up with? Dot com. Dot com. Hope Dot you biz. Got that. Dot biz. <laughs> <laughs> any other any other things we need to talk about before we wrap up this episode? No, appreciate everybody tuning in and uh, we'll see you next time.